0: So at that point, as Pearlstein says, Nixon never again his, in his entire political career went up, went against the working class in rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he understood that uh, that was a boundary within this consensus that existed, that politically you could not cross. Mm-hmm. And then as the Vietnam War heats up. As the civil rights movement leads to a backlash, as these fucking long hairs start going out on the streets and smoking dope and just shtupping all over the place, shitting on the American flag. Yeah, shitting on the. I listened to his uh, his uh, nineteen sixty eight RNC uh, acceptance, and he he talks like for five minutes about desecrating the American flag, like that was his thing. He realized that like his personal grievances. We're starting to be shared yes. within this backlash culture. He was
1: before a man ahead of his time in that respect, and, and he understood it.
0: He understood, and we gestured at this in, the la- in that episode, he understood that there were segments of the white working class, and I'm not even using that ironically at this point <laughs> because the organized working class during this era was primarily white right. for historical and racist reasons, right? He understood that there was a generation of working class people who were deeply a- alienated by the social changes happening within society, mm-hmm. and because he he had a deep-seated agreement of his own, he was able to... like telepathically recognize the silent silent majority of grievement out there and weaponize it uh, for law and order law and order against these criminal elements who are out there, you know, like marching at Selma yeah.
1: or, you know, trying to levitate the fucking Pentagon, <laughs> whatever the case may yeah. be. Yeah, and that, the, the, the signal moment of that is the, uh, the hard hat strike here in New York. Oh, yeah. When uh, a bunch of, of of builders beat the shit out of some uh, hippies near a city hall. Those yeah. my people. Well yeah. done, guys. You got them. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Nixon, as soon as that happened, understood what was going on, and he he made it priority one to sort of, cultivate relationships with those guys he made uh his labor secretary was a union head which is very rare for a republican oh, yeah. figure uh and he made this explicit now the even in this attempt like even though at this point uh and certainly after 72 of uh, the top echelons of the of the main labor uh organizations like the AFL-CIO, George Meany, they were very deeply alienated from all of these social forces oh, yeah, and increasingly daytime. alienated from the Democratic Party, which right. came to a head in 72, 72 convention. Uh, but even they were not down with this. Like Meany, you know, he would meet with Nixon, but he was also critical of Nixon. He never yeah. really embraced him fully.
0: We're talking George Meany, the leader of the AFL-CIO, a local one plumber and pipe figure yes. from Queens, New York. Yep. Uh, he, was a, he was one of these figures, and again... Go back to 17 and redo your homework. But like you have to understand that the union leadership in the era that we're talking about in the 50s, 60s and 70s, they got their positions because they were the benefactories of the left wing, the militant wing, the mm-hmm. radical wing of mm-hmm. the U.S. labor movement, that wing that could have deepened, you know, not just social democracy, but militancy, you know, a, just in general on the shop floor across the United States, when those people were eliminated first with Taft-Hartley uh, and then uh, with McCarthyism, mm-hmm. the people like George Meany that arose were by necessity business unionists and like socially conservative in a sense because they got their positions by selling out the most militant me- like members and leadership of the unions that, that they were part of. Yes. So Meany is this very powerful cigar-chomping uh, union leader and, uh, yeah, they're, they're caught in this tough position because, of course, they cannot go completely to Nixon because Nixon is a, actually at this point a he's kind of straddling this position because he, he tried right to work. And, of course, people rejected that. Right. He can't go full labor. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, and meany can't go full Republican. But it was it in 72 that the Democrats finally do not endorse anybody. The, Are right about that.
1: Uh, the the meaning, yeah. The AFL did not, FLCIO did not endorse Montgomery, which is huge. Yeah. So and they had been the in they in '68. Basically, the entire infrastructure for the Humphrey campaign had been completely funded and manned by the uh, AFL-CIO.